Uh, Dr. Sean Zimberg is the medical director of radiation oncology at Advanced Radiation Centers of New York. He comes highly recommended by one Leslie Slender. And um, that's all I care about because he's about the smartest with Danielle, ladies I know. And, um, and I've got two gentlemen in studio, one to my right, who's a living legend who's been through prostate cancer. And he's going to tell you what he did, which he rules to this day. And the man to my left, because his father and his relatives went through this, he's never had it. But he's been getting checked annually for 26 years. So with that said, Dr. Sean Zimberg, welcome to the show. Thank you. I appreciate uh, being here. Good to see uh, you. You're a handsome guy. Well, uh, I appreciate that. Uh, but, I, you know, to, to be here on a day with uh, really an important day, I think, as you remember your colleague, uh, and I think, you know, in his uh, honor and legacy to be able to bring this important message to your listeners. Um, uh, prostate cancer is a tremendously curable disease if caught early. And I think that really is probably the main theme. Let me stop you right here. Yeah. You say if caught early. I've heard that a million times. Yeah. What does early mean? How specific? Get specific with early. Well, I'll tell you, I would say 95% of the patients that I see daily with a diagnosis of prostate cancer have no symptoms. So unlike what you just told us about Bernie that did have symptoms, if you get checked early, and we can talk about that, but really it's a simple blood test. There, there's almost no other cancer that we see where there's a blood test that can actually find a cancer early. So now it's because a lot of guys over the years, and you'll talk to both Curtis and Peter, but, and I think this misconception is still out there, tough guys, you know, because yeah. I think the misconception is, is that some doctor is going to stick his digit up your anus and that type of thing, and guys get freaked out about that. Not me, personally. But um, that's not part of the exam anymore? That's not part of the whole deal? Well, you know, listen, it's, if you have a sore throat, someone's going to look, you know, tell you to open up your mouth and open right. and say, ah. and right. you know, Like if the doctor did that, if I had a sore throat, <laughs> there would be an issue, I would imagine. That's true, that's <laughs> true. But yeah, I mean, we, we certainly do, uh, we do a DRE to feel the prostate, but that's you really, do. we do. But um, I think the most important test is the PSA. It's the prostate-specific antigen. It's a blood test. Uh, that uh, some national groups advocate getting at age 50 on an annual basis. See, I've uh, heard 40 now. Yeah, I, I was just going to say, I think, quite frankly, earlier, 40, 45 is uh, certainly, in my opinion, uh, we've all seen uh, in, in my profession patients who, in their late 30s, early 40s, have, have been found to have prostate cancer, and certainly men who have a family history, whether it's a father or an uncle or even an older brother, uh, who's, who has had prostate cancer, those men should be getting their PSA even earlier. It's a blood test. It's a simple blood test, right? And the most important thing is not only what the number is, but what's the trend over time. So the earlier you start, the more data points you have as you get older to be able to track this. What is the number that is uh, acceptable? Well, zero to four is kind of the general um, you know, tr uh, uh, area that you're looking for, but it's really the increase over time. So if your PSA goes from one to three in a year, you're still below four. So some people may say, well, that's within normal limits, but right. it's really that movement, the velocity, we call it, of the PSA that's important. Okay. So if it stays pretty steady at a one or a two, for a while, you're doing pretty well. 
Correct. Okay. Correct. Uh, when we get to what is the number where you go, is it a six? Is it a seven? Because, again, Bernie was at 18, which sounds uh, huge to me. But six or seven, when do you start to really throw up that red flag? Well, again, it, it, it's something that you want to be tracking. As men get older, the prostate can enlarge just naturally. That's why, you know, there can be urinary problems. It's just a natural enlargement, uh, benign enlargement, BPH, it's called benign prostatic hypertrophy. Uh, and that can raise the PSA slightly over the years. So as long as you know that trend is going slowly, gotcha. uh, it's much different than it doubling or tripling. So the number, like you said, doesn't really, it's not about the number, it's about the trend. Correct. Uh, Curtis Sliwa, one of our real icons, you know Curtis, of course, yeah, you do. do. He, uh, he went through this. Uh, tell us, Doc, about your experience and what you learned about prostate cancer. Well, first off, uh, the tougher you are, the less likely you are to get the test. Uh, we are on the anniversary when Bernie was in the ring with you, hit you so hard, your mother, Nadine, felt the vibrations in the Catskills. Well, Am things. I right? First of all, her name is Naomi, but you're close sorry, enough. Naomi. But uh, why do you keep bringing up that disastrous day, which, <laughs> I, which I'll tell you something funny. I'm glad you did, Curtis. Yeah. It's actually kind of funny. Do you know that Tuesday, today's Thursday, two days ago, October 3rd, yes. was the 20-year anniversary. It was October 3rd, 2003, where Bernie beat me to a pulp. At Chelsea Pierce. But it was a brawl. 20 years. It was a brawl, and you're yeah. two tough guys. But I've noted the tougher you are, the less likely you'd even want to talk about prostate cancer. I didn't want to talk about it. Uh, after I had the prostate procedure, the Daily News made me the designated point guy to go into the inner city where black and Hispanic men are more likely to get prostate cancer for a number of reasons. Well, let me stop you there for a second because he's right about that. And I've read, I've read up on this now. It, again, it hasn't been a huge issue in my life until Bernard, but I have seen that. I know he's right about that. Why is that the case, Doc? We don't know, actually. We don't know, uh, we, but we do know that one in seven men, so that's, you know, that's, not, that's a pretty high percentage, one in seven men will develop prostate cancer in their lifetime. Uh, African Americans, um, men of Car Caribbean descent, which we actually have a, in Long Island, a very large uh, group of, of men, uh, have an even higher incidence of getting prostate cancer. Uh, and as you know, Curtis just said, uh, men tend to be in somewhat of denial, or you know, aren't really interested in their health to the degree that you know maybe women may be. Um, and so we certainly advocate talking about it. And I think uh, kudos to you for you know. Uh, having having this day and, and, and both remembrance. Well, I, I would be in a room and we'd be joking, all the guys joking, you know, the moment I brought up the prostate cancer, silence. So I advocate women out there, whoever you are, whether you're the uh, girlfriend, whether don't, you're don't the wife, this. the don't, daughter, please don't do this. the grandchild, <laughs> please <laughs> nag the man, uh. ma nag the men in your life because they won't go. They just won't go. And Bernie walked into that room. You remember that day? I do. Uh, I think you directed him, said, go talk to Curtis. He had his prostate taken out. Bernie described all the symptoms that uh, Sid just uh, uh, went into and more. And I knew right away he was in trouble. Yeah. I, I knew right away, yeah. uh-oh. I said, Bernie, you better get into a hospital right away. And he's still delayed. Men do this all the time. That's why women have to constantly be on their case. Uh, and at times that seems to be the only way to get that man to get a simple blood test. And again, the blood test... You prick your finger, it's like somebody takes a, a little hat pin, pricks your finger, smears it on a little glass, and that's it. It's that's it. They don't even put a needle into you and take blood out like normal blood yeah, tests. Yeah, right. No, it's, it sounds relatively uh, easy. You know, one of the things I did learn, too, about Bernie, we'll get to you, Pete, in a second, was when he was diagnosed, uh, thank you, Curtis, and stick around, uh, with, uh, with prostate cancer, he started going for treatments, you know, radiation, and um, he was going... 
three or four days at a time. He, w- he would do the Monday show with me. He'd go to Sloan Kettering on a Tuesday and go home Friday. Now, I've got other folks in my family, friends who died of cancer, were sick with cancer. They would go for a day of chemo, a day of radiation and go home. He was doing four days at a time. And for a couple of months, he'd be going back every couple of weeks. And I couldn't understand how that wasn't going to kill him before the cancer. That seems like a lot, no, Doc? Well, listen, radiation, a lot of things are dangerous if they're not used correctly, right? And uh, radiation, uh, if used precisely and correctly, uh, can can save lives. Um, So uh, when patients are first diagnosed with prostate cancer, um, one of the options is radiation to cure the cancer. Uh, when we give radiation, we don't want to give it all at one time because, yeah, you could kill the cancer, but you can also damage normal tissue. So when you give it slowly, a little bit at a time, and right. you know, most of our patients are getting five days a week for a number of weeks. It so there you be, go. It could be five weeks, it could be eight weeks, it could be nine weeks. You're getting a very little bit to the normal tissues so that the damage is now almost eliminated and the cure rates are spectacular. Uh, so when somebody's diagnosed, yeah. like Bernie, unfortunately, later... We can also use radiation to help curb some of the symptoms that come from metastatic disease, pain, and those kinds of things. Yeah, uh, and so it can be a number of days a week. As which, you said. which we had uh, a ton of that. I mean, yeah. between us, and I don't want to get too graphic, but you know, he'd be home. He couldn't come into work anymore. He couldn't even sit. He had some some bad surgery, so he'd be home. And Lou would talk to him from that room in there, Doc. And during the breaks, you could hear him moaning mm. and screaming in pain. And Carol would want to get him his medication. And he would come back on in his regular voice, and certainly his voice changed as he got sicker. It did. Sure. But you talk about courage. He would be literally screaming and moaning, and then the, the red light would come on, and he would, he'd be burning again. Yeah. Um, you, uh, Pete, your, your father, I think, passed away, and now you've gone 26 straight years. Is that right? Yeah, my father was diagnosed in 1997, and a tough guy, right? A 33-year firefighter in Harlem, great career, the whole bit. He was diagnosed... And immediately went for eight weeks of yeah. radiation. Yeah. And then he had the choice, obviously, going into it of radiation or uh, and seed implantation, which was pretty early mm-hmm. stages, or having the radical prostatectomy. Right. And he chose the seeds. But that didn't end up killing him. Lung cancer did. So, but who knows, right? Who knows if that had something to do with it? We just don't know. But he, he didn't last more than, you know, seven years. Was he a smoker? He, he had stopped smoking, you know, seven years before that, but he smoked forever. Yeah. And, of course, he was eating smoke in every tenement in Harlem. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, he was living. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Listen, there's a balance, right? There's a balance. So, uh, But seed implantation, another form of, uh, of, of treatment to put radioactive seeds into the prostate. Uh, it's, it's, again, in early stages, very highly effective, uh, whether it's external radiation, seed implantation, uh, or radical prostatectomy, which is removing the prostate. The digital dollar could give the feds control of your money. Get the digital dollar report. Call 1-800-862-6970 and also receive a $1,000 credit from Priority Gold to protect your money. Or just go to digitaldollarreport.com. Please note, the information provided does not constitute financial or investment advice. Which is what uh, you did, right, Curtis? That was... I had the prostate taken out, uh, robotic surgery. Uh, But I did not even think of any other procedures i i would suggest you definitely take your time unless it's an absolute emergency you, you rule the day that you did that oh, i absolutely do because do you, do you hear that a lot doc for folks who- well you know surgery is um 
very invasive. Uh, there are some complications uh, that, that uh, could be permanent. Uh, Radiation is a non-invasive, so that's what I do. Uh, Radiation is a non-invasive form of treatment, equally effective. Uh, and over the years, think of your cell phone uh, 10, 15 years ago and yeah. today. Yeah. So the machines that deliver radiation, we can see inside the body every, seconds before we treat a patient each and every day and be extraordinarily more accurate. So that's less collateral damage. And we can now give a, a much higher doses of radiation safer than we could 10, 15 oh, yeah. years and ago. And Doc, uh, I was calling around. I spoke to this old codger and John Hopkins who had been referred to me. Oh, yeah. He said, oh, Curtis, I admire your work, especially here in Baltimore. You know, it's pretty dicey around here. I said, well, what is your procedure, Doc? He goes, I feel the prostate. I said, what do you mean you feel the prostate? <laughs> he goes, yeah. I got the touch over all oh, the years. God. I open you up and I put my hands in there. I said... Doc, I think that's old school. I think I'm going to try something <laughs> yeah. else. Yeah. But this guy was like in his 80s, very successful. But I opted to say, I don't think I want to go down that lane because there are so many other procedures that you've talked about, doctor, that are so perfected now that if you just get tested and let's say you have to have a procedure, now you got options. It's like a Chinese menu. Before, you had no options. Sure. That Same was thing. it. Same yeah. thing. Uh, but, but what shocks me, and, and we'll, we'll get back to you in a couple of minutes. Nancy's going to hop on, then we'll get back to you. What shocks me is with all this amazing progress and technology, right? And you talked about the machinery, which now when you deliver radiation, is really able to pinpoint the, the problem without you know, destroying good cells. I'm still shocked, Sean, yeah. that we have not found a cure for cancer. I know the research, I know the money, I know you guys lose sleep every night, and people like you make people comfortable when, in fact, they are going through these horrible times. Are you not surprised that this is still out there? Well, I think in general, you know, yeah, of course, but you, you'd be surprised the amazing advances that are being made. Metastatic prostate cancer, five, seven years ago, that's not long ago. No. 12-month, uh, 24-month uh, is how long men would, would live. Today, it's five years, 10 years, and this is there's five or six or seven drugs on the market now that did not exist five years ago that can improve survival in men with metastatic prostate cancer. So yeah, finding it early is important to, to cure it, but in men that we can't necessarily cure, we can extend their life far more than we could before. So, you know, a cure, uh, you know, it's hard to, to just say we're not going to have cancer anymore, but... We're making strides. Well, just to, to work off of that, when John Kerry was running for president, he had had his prostate removed because his father had prostate cancer. Yeah. At that time, you couldn't talk about it. They yeah. told, don't mention it. Don't talk about it. If people think you have cancer. They won't vote for you. We're looking at a man who may be our next Speaker of the House who has blood cancer. He's receiving treatment now, Scalise. Steve Scalise. Because... The perfections in detection and treatment, and as yeah. you mentioned, doctor, medication, this man could end up becoming the Speaker well, of the I, House I, I, and I, live I, I, a I do full the, life afterwards. I, I, I do think the stigma is gone. I mean, yeah. and, and to your point with John Kerry, I, I have friends whose moms had breast cancer, and the daughters, perfectly healthy, young, beautiful, healthy, they just removed their breasts because they were absolutely you know, convinced that they were going to get what their mother had and didn't want to deal with even that possibility. That's a bit extreme, but you know that goes on. It, it, it does, it does. There's choices, and I think, again, when you just to go back to if you catch this early, if you catch prostate cancer early, 
there's multiple ways to get to a cure. Uh, you know, prostatectomy, radiation, and the many advances in radiation. In our practice, we're, I'm lucky to work in a practice with a, a large group of urologists, one of the largest group of urologists in the country, uh, advanced urology centers. Uh, eight we, of them, by the way. Uh, actually, eight radiation. So advanced oh. radiation centers. We have eight radiation centers. We, we treat all types of cancer, but we're under the same umbrella as the largest urology group. And the urologists are the first line of defense in checking PSAs, doing the diagnosis, and, and then they refer, they refer, they do the prostatectomies, if that's the case, or they refer to radiation. Um, but the point is we ensure that patients who are diagnosed with prostate cancer see both a radiation oncologist and a surgeon so they can really understand, you know, yeah, what, yeah, what, what, yeah. what are the risks of each of these procedures um, as opposed to just saying you only should do this or you only should do this, and then you might be caught with some regret. Well, just uh, uh, to add to that, I first met the doctor at Prostate Cancer Runs out in Long Island. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You, you met him already before. Yeah, okay. Where most of the participants had had prostate cancer. Now, wow. 10 years before that, I doubt if any would oh, have been able point. to run, that, run right. that race. Right. That's a good point.